Welcome to the Do-Rags and Degrees Cabaret, where all of your fantasies will be fulfilled. Oh, wait, that's the wrong show. Damn. Welcome back to Do-Rags and Degrees Podcast. And as always, this is not a space for respectability politics. And for those of you who need a reminder that blackness is not a monolith, allow us to reintroduce ourselves. Only business I pay attention to is the business that pays me. I am Carl Blevins. Reading is fundamental, but before you try to read me, cite your sources. And I am Jordan Broyles. It's hard being a king, so just leave the crown where it belongs. As you know, I'm Jordan. They call Chicago the second city, but with my arrival, it's sure to become the first. It's Jermaine Thomas II. All right, group. How are we doing today? How are Not we doing you over today? Here doing the Jocelyn Cabaret. Listen, <laughs> it's more I'm the nude good. interlude. <laughs> I'm so dead. That that was actually hilarious. I'm still trying to. I, maybe I should just like watch the show because I just don't <laughs> understand what is going on in that whole entire intro. But that's just me. Coral. Oh, I mean, Jocelyn, that's the Puerto Rican princess. That's a mood. I know the whole damn intro. Um, but I'm doing good, Jordan. I'm doing good. Um, recently, um, I've been listening actually to one of our um, uh, co-hosts, Mr. Broyles here. As, what's that show you be watching, Broyles? Baldwin Hills? Oh, yeah, Baldwin Hills, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, recently, I actually have been thinking about that show quite a bit, even though I have yet to watch it. But I've been thinking about that show as well as just my personal experience. Like, um, just growing up and going to college and thinking about the friendships that I've developed during college and thinking about what each group represents. And it got me thinking... Um, about something in regards to black elitism that I had probably never before considered. Um, the, and for those who really don't know, black elitism is a term that is uh, re- references the classism within um, black people, black culture, I guess you could say. Um, and the ways in which I believe that I have perpetuated black elitism and made it feel, made some of my friends feel like as if, um, some of the fashions that they were wearing, some of the wines that they drink, especially the wines, um, were somehow beneath me, if I'll be completely honest, and made them feel as almost if they had to do more um, in order to be on this same level that I was. And I think that that actually comes from like the elitism that we see specifically within colleges and in like different friend groups and stuff like that. And I really thought about it and I was like, Number one, I had to check myself and make, you know hold myself accountable for the, the, the things that I ultimately think that are negative to our entire culture that I do and understand that it's truly just rooted in whiteness. Mm. The whole idea of black elitism and everything that we perpetuate. So, Not you out yeah. here perpetuating whiteness. Hey, wow. we all do it. It's those, I nuanced, say. it's those nuanced moments. Like, you know, white, white whiteness is not only you know something that's perpetuated by white people we gotta hold it ourselves right. accountable 100 that like niggas can perpetuate whiteness all the like all the time all day every day and like not even know it and that's why we have to have these conversations so carl i appreciate you for one um for you know calling yourself out in that moment because like this is something that we all need to do to eradicate whiteness you gotta you gotta call it out you gotta talk about it so true to you Props to you for that. Um, Sliding into Get You Hip, I want to tell you all about one of my new favorite shows. Like, I know I watch a lot of TV, but this, like, it's it's hard for a a show to break through, like, that that glass ceiling and, like, actually get to, like, my favorite, favorite shows. And Southside on HBO Max is definitely one of those shows. Um, So the show is about these, the, the two main characters who just recently graduated from community college and they still have like their you know full-time jobs where they're trying to find a way to become entrepreneurs so um a lot of the episodes kind of just have them diving into like different shit like 
of street corner popcorn and like selling viagra just like all types of crazy shit that, that they be getting into it's wild it's hilarious i love it and because it's set in the south side of chicago the writers were able to be so so intentional on the stories that they told and that like breaks the show into like a whole new like world of authenticity there was um one episode i watched like towards the end of the season where they went into um the they found out that one of the main characters couldn't step which is like a big like black chicago thing like you got to be able to step like you know hand dance mid like that's what we call it in cleveland but they call it stepping here right and um when we were all here in chicago like hanging out do, doing a do or whatever we the four of us actually like walked through a stepping competition and it's, it, I loved being able to to see that on television and then being done in real life. It just kind of adds to that, the authenticity of the show. So I love that. Shout out to Officer Turner. She is one of the breakout characters on the show. I live for her character. So yes, I love that. Love that, love that. Where Southside. can you find the show? Oh, baby, that's Southside on HBO Max. Yes, actually about to be a... So the second season will be out, like, soon, hopefully. Um, and they will actually be a HBO Max original. So they went, they were on Comedy Central, and then HBO Max um, took it over. So, yes, catch season one on HBO Max right now. Damn. And this is exactly why HBO Max is supreme to all the streaming services. Yeah. Numero uno. Yeah, so have you also like noticed some things that you see in the movie, how like in person as well, since you live in Chicago? Well, not a movie, in the show. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it's very, very, very much, it's on point. Like, it's so on point. Like, I mentioned, like, the step in, like, they were talking about how people be like selling popcorn. And then also, the, the two main characters work for um, a store that in the show universe is called RTO or like Rent to Own. So it's Rent a Center. So their job is like going around the city, like getting the stuff back from people. And like one of the episodes, they went up to the north side and had to get a grill. But the dude was having a cookout at the same time. And just like watching them like traverse like through that whole thing. Like they was like, oh, the, the north side feel like a completely different side. And when I tell you that is a God-given truth, child, look. <laughs> it's funny that you brought that up because last night I was actually watching Insecure um, and that, once again, by the great uh, Issa Rae and also center in um, L.A., Inglewood. And so, of course, this past season, it really toned in on Molly and Issa's friendship. And I just remember when black Twitter was in shamble over the, them two and their friendship. But also thinking about Dijanae and Penny from Proud Family or even Joan and Tony from Girlfriend. But also, I think our personal favorite as a group the men from Noah's Ark. If y'all have not seen Noah's Ark, you are missing out on some great content. Anyway, all these shows have got me thinking about the nuances of friendship. And it is a word that is often thrown around loosely by most and sacred to others. And just like our blackness, our friendships are also not monolithic. So for this episode, we are going to talk about friendship, but center our own unique friendship. We intend on using this episode to better understand ourselves as a friend group, but also how do we connect outside of our queerness? What do we connect on, whether it's our motivation, our triggers, our strength, weaknesses, all those things. However, comma, before we start, I want us to acknowledge our privilege in this conversation, that not everyone has a circle of friends to depend on and reevaluate life topics. So if that is you, I hope to invite you into this conversation and begin to reflect on the answers to some of these questions. So before we jump right in, can someone provide the listeners on how we all met? I know we kind of all met in different, well, individually, but like as a group, how do we what collectively meet? Grinder in 2017? And then we just not yeah, grinder. It was definitely grinder. <laughs> no, white people use grinder. We use Jack, y'all. Y'all need to up the no, game. No, you use Jack. I'm in a relationship. Well, I, I'm in a committed relationship, so I don't use any of those apps. I don't need them anymore. Anyway, can somebody provide the real example of how we met? <laughs> um. Okay, I'll provide it up until a point, and then I'll pass the mic. <laughs> Um, picture it, Sicily, 19, no. Um, I was at the University of Cincinnati, um, my alum, 
Oh, Cincinnati. Um, and then there was this individual who crashed um, my friend's like game night. And this individual was <clears throat> a unfamiliar face out of probably 15 people. So everyone was kind of like, who is this man? Um, turns out it Wreck was... Wreck scratch. <laughs> turns out it was um, Mr. Broyles. That particular, um, maybe about over the course of like a week or so. Because really, the first time that we met in person, we really only seen each other maybe three or four days. But we were hanging out every single minute of every day. And we actually went to a Bobby Valentino concert around the time where he was like, Caught online um, doing something he had no business doing. Just look it up because it's not for this platform to talk about. Anyway, um, we, after that point, we have pretty much kept in touch, I think, for about maybe a year or maybe a two. little bit longer. Yeah, maybe about two, yeah. Two, maybe two about a year and a half, two, two years. And we would actually discuss some of our like-minded friends and we realized that not only did we share some interests but we had some friends and not even necessarily interests let me correct that values we shared some values and we had some friends that shared some similar values um but i'll pass it to one of my co-hosts to talk about the link up in pittsburgh we went to Pittsburgh. Wait, you skipped. Yeah. You, dang. State College is where we met first. You just we sure enough shit. did go to State College. That's what I meant. But it's in the same state. <laughs> right. So somebody else should, should pick it up. Yeah. Clearly. Because this um, nigga don't know the story. Bitch. <laughs> I do. Damn. Double homicide. Anyway, um, we met. Well, I actually met Jordan on Instagram. Um, I don't know why we followed each other in the first place. I think because we have a mutual friend um, and we just followed each other and then we start talking because of the Real Housewives of Potomac and then I visited Jordan at State College, at Penn State like two weeks before his birthday and then his birthday came up and then Carl and Jermaine came. I think that's really the story. And then the rest was history from there. Could you also... The way and I think that's why we can't trust folks to be telling a story because y'all don't be telling every detail. The thing was Jordan, um, like you said, we connected on the housewife, but it was mostly because he was also attending University of Pittsburgh, um, and about to start his higher ed program. So that's another thing of how we connected and why we, as a group, because majority of us are in a higher ed profession besides um, Carl, and so. As a whole, that's how we fully connected on. Jermaine, do you want to add on two cents? I mean, I think that that, that we nailed it. Um, you know, when we all came together for Burroughs' birthday, um, that was, you know, the, the beginning. And now here we are, one year later. Yeah, Jermaine, I didn't want to go back to the when we first met, because that's, that's a long time. Yeah, no, I, I don't think, I think we all know that. <laughs> so, it's interesting that, that we're getting on this topic of, um, like, meeting new friends on social media especially. So, it's like, it's interesting because w- with social media, people can kind of throw the word friend around, like, very quick because you, you have, and you're able to build connections with people without, like, seeing them in person, without, like, you know, getting the full, like, zhuzh of what, what exactly is going on. So, like, to the group, like, what has been y'all's experience with, like, developing friendships via social media, virtually, and all those things with a certain eye, a big brother eye, if you will, on this group that we are currently in? Um, I'm not really into developing friendships on social media. I think the way in which we were able to bond over the Real Housewives is something that I probably would only do um and it was just kind of a thing where if i probably the the weekend that uh, jordan asked me to come visit had he not had i not been available we probably wouldn't have been friends (laughs) because i just i've i've never done that before so i was like oh let me just try this out but i think that if i had not had a common interest and or have been available i probably wouldn't have decided to make friends on social media i think i'm like very like i need you to be in person and stuff like that i don't really do virtual relationships a lot so i think that 
it definitely influenced it because you can fi- figure out easily what some person likes, whether it's a like or retweet or on Instagram because they can just swipe up on your story. Um, so it helped, but I probably wouldn't have done it again. And I can agree, and just even adding on to that, I think you have to acknowledge queerness as well. And I think me being black and queer oftentimes, or really in a space where I was in State College, um, Pennsylvania, but also even being back home in Oklahoma City, there's not a lot of black queer folks in these spaces. And so social media has really been a tool for me to connect with my community, connect with my people. And similar to like how Jordan and I met, um, I was like, look, I need some more black queer uh, male in my family or in my in my circle. And social media was that tool. So for me, social media can be a tool, especially for a lot of minoritized, underrepresented community, to really build community and build space. And I just hate that oftentimes a lot of these friendships are virtual, similar to ours. Like we all live in different spaces. And so um, I think they really put a unique spin on our friendship because majority of the time it's just been virtual. And so I think we kind of miss out on some of those key pieces of building friendship or just being in person, as we can all tell when we all linked up in Chicago, it was, it was very different. Um, and we had to learn a little bit uh, about each other in different ways that we didn't, we don't get opportunities to do via virtual. So I'll say yes. And, um, there are quite a few friendships that I am very grateful to have be virtual. And what I mean by that is, even before that, for me, in terms of actually establishing and developing, like, you know, a a friendship through social media virtually, kind of to Jordan's point, I'm not usually really um, open to developing, like, deep friendships through social media or through, you know, virtual, virtually. But I find that there is a hint a hint that I have like some type of charisma with the person or vibe with the person. If we have the same sense of humor and if we can laugh at some of the same, same things. So if we send each other con- uh, content through social media and we can both relate to it, that's something that is really important to me and kind of a trigger or a, a, um, a hint to me indicator. like, okay, yeah. A hint indicated that, okay, this person and me are vibing on a, um, a deeper level. But one thing I will say about virtual friendships, I actually think that it might be advantageous for everyone to have one, or at least I could say in my experience, it's been beneficial just because um, when I was in college, Broyles and I, we were probably talking just about every single day. And if there was a any time that I felt completely stressed or felt anxiety from the people who were around me in my actual physical space, I knew that I had somebody on the outside to like, just double check like, okay, am I going crazy? Am I not being empathetic? Um, Is there any reason I should be held accountable for anything that I've done? And I'll say that from, even from him going on, like with all virtual friendships, um, I think that that's really important um, or at least valuable for a person to have somebody who was on the outside to be able to um, talk to. Um, So, I, I I think that I, I find it to be great. Mm-hmm. I think that what what made this friendship different from anything else that we've ever experienced is that um, when we came together for for that weekend, that was kind of like the seed. So we, even though a majority of our interactions since then, um, outside of the the two trips that we've like taken and been able to like meet up, have been like virtual. I think that our situation is a tinge different because like the first time that we all got to be together all in the same space was in person. And then we were able to prune and develop our, our relationship like over the days since then. So I think like that, that adds like a certain, um, like it's, it's different. It's different than like kind of just meeting somebody online and then like having online consistently after that. Like we did like have that time, um, especially like that first good time um, in person. And I, I think that, that that made a difference. And it, and it kind of made me think about, because um, Jordan and I had a sidebar conversation just about just the group, but just our life in general. And oftentimes we think we know somebody or we know an individual until we fully, and we really don't know the individual until we fully get in person. And we're like, wow, I really don't know you like I think I know you. 
And I think that's oftentimes, even when I think about Carl and I's friendship as well, it's like majority of it has been virtual. But then when we linked up first time um, for my birthday, not first time, but we linked up in Atlanta for my birthday, we have to realize like we really don't know each other in a way that we think we know each other because of those in-person components are not there. And so I think that's one of the things where I kind of struggle in terms of our friendship group is that, and, you know, we ain't, we ain't boiling to where we can all link up, you know, once a month or every other week. And so it's just that in-person component. And I'm an in-person person. Like, I need a physical touch or quality time um, in person is something that I value and that I want in a friendship. Um, and so that's that's something where I feel like I lack in terms of our friendship and that I wish that we can all be together in person. Like girlfriends or like, you know, sex in the city when they will always, you know, go out for brunch. Or at the end of the day, or at the end of the week, they, you know, we go grab a cocktail or something like that. So I wish we can have that. Well, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Based on, like, those different things that you were just mentioning, actually, do you have any advice for people who might have, like, different interests than you? Um, you know, like, and how to actually form that type of friendship? From previous experiences, I don't, I, I'm still struggling with that. <laughs> I would say really going back from to the Chicago trip, I think that really that played a huge um, role for me. Even thinking about that question, because we, when you think about, it, we all have different interests. You know, I like to turn up. I like to you know kick it, move on. You know, drink club, another club, another club, another shot. And I understand that everyone else in the group don't operate like that. And so I think that when you know things clash, but. Really just being open-minded and compromising. And I think that kind of allow it for the group to really grow and being able to just be willing to try new things. So that's something I, you know, can contribute to that question, that answer. Um, what about you all? I, I am really big on letting people show me who they are. Like, I work very, very hard to not... Um, like build like assumptions based on things that like I, I don't know and like that that took a lot of work just like overall like being patient because even which is like where where I would say that me and Boros like differ in a way um I, it was never like a thought in my head that I knew you all like very very deeply like we we know each other but I only know like the our each other like in the bounds of what our friendship was which was virtual so like for me like there is definitely like an understanding that um that you all have lives like outside of what i know because like i i know that you know uh, <laughs> i just found out that bros i just found out that you had a sister when you were here in chicago like that was something that i did not know so it's like i understand with like i i came into this like with the understanding that like we only know what we know like we may talk very often we may like watch like potomac and like do like boo to boo but at the end of the day like we all live in different places physically which lends to a lot of you know it is different like being like if we were all together like we we would have a better like understanding of like who like we like talk to more often outside of like the four of us who our other friends are like what our jobs are like on on the day to day but we don't know that so like like you said like keeping that that open mind and understanding that on top of that we've only known each other for a year and you can only learn so much about a person in a year like keeping that open mind and like understanding that we are going to be consistently learning about each other because all four of us are consistently changing like it's definitely something that that i keep in mind i'm a type of person where i find people that fit the certain pockets of the things that i'm interested in um to fulfill that need. So I don't ever expect one friend to always have so many similar interests as me that anytime I want to go somewhere, anytime I want to do something, I can count on them to go. There are some people that I would not never say, let's go to a museum together because I just know that their attention span and the way in which they think about things is not what they want to do. There's people who I would never go out with because they don't know how to drink, they don't know how to hold their liquor. There's people who I wouldn't just invite over to, you know, have wine with and watch TV because they don't know how to hold a conversation. So I think my advice would be to, one, don't expect, you know, 
somebody to have all the same interests as you ever because it's not going to pan out that way. But I also think that we have to keep in mind that, you know, that's the beauty of friendships is the differences and they can allow you to one, explore something that you never thought you were interested in, but also two, like I'm the type of person that I bring a lot of energy and I'm a lot. So I know people need a break from me. And I think that, you know, sometimes when you realize that somebody has a completely different interest in you, that's a minute for you to take a break, regroup, you know, and recharge and not always have to be around that person. Um, because sometimes you your interest will lie so much that you're always around them. And this might be the one time where you can actually, like, take a break um, and step back for a minute. So I'd also uh, share that, too. I like that you said that a break is sometimes needed <laughs> when you're around an individual for a quite a, um, a period of time. I just want to add, add that really quick. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. And I think that too, um, something that you just said, Jordan, you were basically, what resonated with me is that you were saying there might be an individual, or this is like a, a theory more so, you might have an individual, a friend who you share one interest in. And I think that there shouldn't be the expectation that there are additional interests that y'all share. And I think that that might burden a person to to almost basically carry the weight of being the person who is called whenever that person wants to go out or whenever you want to um, do X, Y, and Z because that person just might not be interested in that given moment. So I do think that um, it's important to, as you diversify your friendships, understand that there's different interests based on those individual friends. Like I have my museum friends, my theater friends, my singing friends, my blah, 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 blah. And I like it that way. And I don't never want to burden a single person for carrying all of the interests that I have. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I think that's an important point. I think that sometimes we expect people just because of, you know, our relationship to be, to be open to um, everything that we like and being ready to hop, skip and jump to, um, the activities that they might not be interested in at all and or you know some of the activities might be something that they've done before that they really don't like and I think that we have to um, be wary of that as well so just making sure that we're being cognizant I think is very important and that kind of leads me to um, another point and I think you know a lot of the times our friendships are kind of based around like this um, word of loyalty and or this the way in which we kind of see people as close to us and what that means mm -hmm. and i think that like you know i've been in situations where i've invited people places and they've lied and they've ended up somewhere else instead of just saying no and i'm just kind of like that's a little bit weird like you know or you're with somebody that you quite frankly don't talk to and in my mind mm -hmm. those things fall under loyalty a little bit so i want to know you know do people have loyalty confused when it comes to friendships and what does loyalty mean in that context yes that's it yes okay yes <laughs> yes absolutely yes um because i i think that um like real reality tv as it like as media as a form of media that you know people love like a lot of people watch reality tv love me some good housewives love big brother love drag race and i think that like those shows or it, like specifically like i think like loving hip-hop like real Housewives, more like the the following people around like in their day-to-day -day, like those kind of shows have like this this like they use like loyalty very very often in a very very like specific way as in like your undying love and all your choices should align in the support of me every single time. And I uh, don't think that life is a reality TV show. So like in real life, sometimes that shit just doesn't add up. So it's like, it, like you want somebody to be like loyal to you, but if you do like some fucked up shit and then that person goes and tells the other person the truth because you're actively like causing pain to the other person in that situation, I don't think that that's like not being loyal like so to me um that's like that's when loyalty can become toxic and when accountability should 
take precedence over loyalty. Yeah, and and I also say with that, not only if some if you have a friend who was doing <clears throat> something wrong, but I think that we have to give our friends the lenience. Is it leniency? Yeah, I'm gonna go with that to develop friendships with whomever they want to develop friendships with because i think that there's this thing of like oh because you're loyal to me and because we started our friendship first if i don't like this other individual that means you don't like this other individual and that should not necessarily be the case like of course of course you should be aware of the values of everyone that you encounter but I'm all, I've always been in the camp of, and not only in the camp, this I know for a fact has happened with Jermaine and I to where I might not be cool with the person, and he is, or he may not be cool with the person, and I am, and there's no feeling of, okay, we're like like we're being disloyal to either person. Mm-hmm. You, you know? gotta eat that shit. Yeah, and, and, and not only that, understand that if you were at one point in time friends with that individual and something happened to where your relationship is no longer there, you have to acknowledge the fact that you were friends with that person at a point in time and that they served some type of need that you had at that stage of your life. And so it would make sense that somebody else could connect with them. It's just that that person no longer serves you in the same way that they did when y'all first met. And there's nothing wrong with that. All I'm going to say is if I'm out here fighting, y'all better help me. If we swinging, <laughs> we all better swing, and I think that. See, but that, <laughs> but, I, but that ties. But, then, but I will say it. It, it does depend. So I'm happy person where like let's say hypothetically Carl, which I doubt probably Carl will get in a fight. Cause Carl is a very sweet person, y'all. But anyway, uh, if Carl get into a fight, I just know that it's the other person's fault because normally Carl yes, don't you provoke, do. Yeah, I normally Carl don't provoke someone to fight. Now, yes, I know no, you're provoking doesn't. an individual and you doing all these rowdy, rowdy stuff and you're trying to fight, then I'm going to be like, all right, sis, you got it on your own. But if it's like... I want you to put me out. But Wait if a it's, minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Because you started because your... Because he's still the first person to get into a fight. First right. of all, that's not... That's not the case. But, These are alternative facts. That is not true. Okay, y'all missing the point. N- you're missing the point. The point was they are. <laughs> they are right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I'm type of person like let's say we were at the club and then all I see is Carl fighting. I'm gonna be like, okay, in that moment I'm gonna fight because I mean that's, that's once again that's that loyalty piece that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna handle Good. it. And then after the, after the fact we're gonna have a conversation. If you're in the wrong, I'm gonna grind you up for it. But in that moment, I, I have to I have to hold my friend down. I think. Adding on to what you could, I agree with both what Jermaine and Carl said. Adding on to that, that loyalty to me as well. Like have my back. Um, now I don't fight often. I don't. I don't get into fights. But that's one of those things where I think about a lot. And I, when I was watching the um, girlfriend and Tony got into a fight and Joan didn't fight and she was like, "What you had me out here <laughs> fighting and you didn't support? You didn't have my back." And so I think about that in terms mm-hmm. of our friendship as well. Are y'all going to get down with me when it's time to get down? Well, it's... Oh, go ahead, Jack. So, my question is, <laughs> if if I was in that situation, I'm telling you now, I'm not I'm not fighting. I don't Ooh. I do not do that. But what I it's will do is, like, is join... <laughs> is, like, try to, like, join the scuffle and, and de-escalate. Like, I'm not going to, like, hop into it and then, like, start fighting. I'm going to, like, hop in and, like, try to get y'all to stop fighting. Like so, is that is that not no, is that not loyalty? I don't necessarily <laughs> think so. I it circles back around to the conversation about interest because one thing that I will say: number one, thank you so much for your kind words, Broyles. I really do sincerely appreciate oh it from the heart of my bottom. Um, but I will say, going back to the conversation about interest, I know that I. Like Jermaine just said, Jermaine ain't no fighter. And I'm not going to hold that expectation for him to fight with me because that's not his ministry. But I will, to to what you just said in terms of de-escalating, I will say, hey, Jermaine, like, can you fill out this police report? Or can you be a witness in the case? Like, can you, we can somehow involve you in where we need to go in a way that's not necessarily fighting. Because I will say in terms of de-escalating, there's certain situations that I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily need someone to de-escalate, but I need them to support me in whatever way that they might know best. 
but the expectation for for actually for for Broyles as well is not to fight. I don't think I don't think that I would um, expect that of you. I will call now, my friend down who to I know going nut. You know, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm glad that I now know that so that <laughs> wherever I wherever I am, I'm able to bring either back up or just close my mouth. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, here's my thing. I don't think it's a sense of loyalty, It's even very much Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy, because there's no reason that she should have, like, handed to get her ass beat like that on national television and stood there. But I digress with that. My whole thing is this. I feel as though it's one thing if we're fighting and I'm not losing, right? Cool. I don't expect you to jump in. But if I'm getting my ass beat and all you did was de-escalate the situation, oh, yeah, that's a loyalty <laughs> issue. Pick up a brick. Pick up a, a, a chair something. I need you to do something. Because don't let me get my ass beat. And then you want to go out there. I'm not there. Right. And then you want to go to brunch? <laughs> no, no. Like, that's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, that's not mm-mm. no tap somebody in like it's WWE or something. <laughs> Don't just stand there are you, are and let me get my ass jumped? beat. No, if I'm just one. getting my ass beat one on one, you need to jump in. You gotta take that L. You see, gotta take no, that see, L. Yeah, y'all talking about grabbing bricks and shit, girl. That's a battery charge. Okay, yeah. but if I'm getting my ass beat, I ain't, I'm not worth the charge. Now that's a loyalty issue. We gotta have a conversation about mm-hmm. that. I was and thinking more so if you get in jump. If you get in jump, but then it's yeah. one on one. But if one on one, but if it's one, ass. but like to Jordan's point, if I didn't start it and this dude starts beating my ass, you're just gonna let him beat my ass because it's one on one. That don't make sense. Right, that's where the de-escalation comes in. Because, like, literally, I'm not about to join a fight, and then, like, now you and me both in jail. Who who wins? Everybody loses. But if because, cause let's talk about, like, how we, how we weigh what we expect out, out of our friends. It's like, I would never... It, like, if I put myself in a, sh- in a shitty situation, I'm not going to expect my friend to come down and join me in that sh- sh- shitty situation. I would, mm-hmm. like, rather, like, if they can not get a charge or like not get arrested i would rather them not get arrested i would rather rather be just me because i put myself there if y'all can see us our faces right now (laughs) (laughs) i think that this is a case by case situation it is is. is. because i'm seeing so many situations in my mind where it's like "Mm, i might de-escalate and this other one's like no i might be there and this other one's like where's the police then this other one's (laughs) where's the police right so just it, it it depends. Y'all just pray that this never happens for us because it's gonna just be we gonna all be looking confused. Like what y'all <laughs> doing? Pray that I'm not there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I would keep no, that in you're mind. No, you're not saying you're useless. <laughs> I just wouldn't expect you to fight. I'm, I'm gonna be like, I wouldn't go. expect you to fight either. But I, I, Get I, I still think that. But the okay, we can move on. That's a different you, topic. Yeah, that's Taller. a different topic. Yeah, you don't. I bring my own drinks to functions like this. <laughs> so speaking of stressors, um, places where people don't normally agree, <laughs> what do y'all believe can be like a main stressor in like other in most friendships? So like, what have you seen that kind of causes a rough patch, if you will? Expectation. Um, I you know just thinking even thinking about relationship, romantic, um, platonic, all these different things. I think expectation plays a huge role and I think as we're learning now amongst this conversation you know I'm expecting Jermaine to have my back and fight but you know that's not <laughs> how and so that typically could put a stress on a friendship but when individuals don't voice and that's why I'm glad we're having a conversation because we're able to voice our values the way how we will handle a situation to where I won't expect those things um moving forward and I won't be like okay wow you're not loyal so, or wow I, we can't be friends anymore because we had that conversation, and I know how you will move, and so expectation is very, um, it's very important to talk about and what a person expects from a friendship or from a friend, and how do they move forward is a stressor that folks don't have a conversation about until shit goes down. Yeah, I'm gonna say mine is probably two things that go really, really close together, but they might not seem like it at first. But invalidating and othering. Um, I think that a lot of times in friendships, there is almost a perception that, or not even in friendships, just some individuals that struggle with other people disagreeing with them. It's, it's a thing to where 
if you present your perspective and somebody disagrees or not only disagrees, has an alternative perspective, you should there then make so that make make sure that they understand that what their what they believe what their perspective is isn't exactly wrong it's just different from yours and i think that in a lot of friendships there is basically kind of invalidation that happens across the board that is a stressor for most friendships um and i think that people would do a lot better if they just acknowledge that um whatever someone else's belief or perspective is isn't wrong but just different do you feel that way within this friend group? Um, sometimes, but I don't think that it's tied to any sp- particular friend group. I think that happens, like I said, across the board. Um, yeah, I, I'm guilty of it. Like, just like I was saying in the very beginning, like the way in which we other people, because they don't like our type of wine or they, you know what I'm saying? They have, they have a different type of wine that they like. And who am I to say that that is not that that is classless or you know what i'm saying i think that that kind of all ties back that kind of pulls together and validating and validating someone's perspective and othering someone you know what it made me think about this the situation we just it just happened with jermaine did we other him did we did you feel invalidated Oh, absolutely not. Because if y'all get into a fight, I'm not fighting. He's not fighting. <laughs> he made key. it very clear. <laughs> Ain't shit changing about that. So, I, yeah. So, so yeah. because, like, I'm secure, like, in my stance in that, I don't feel other. Because there's there's nothing, like, I spoke my truth, and that is my truth. And you can't other somebody who is unashamed of how they feel. And that's on period. That, think- and that <laughs> might be a stretch, but yeah. I think that we get, I think we get, we get like, the, point. The, the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, with that situation. I would particularly say that I, I, for my, for friendships, which I actually don't think that I experience in this group, is dependency and codependency. I think that sometimes in friendships, there's this, like, unspoken need to see each other. There's this unspoken need to be around each other, to talk all day, to, you know, have this overjoyed experience every time you're around someone. And I think that what it is for me is like that stresses me out right because i feel like some with some friends they always expect um some type of reward of being around you so whether it's they're doing something fun or you're drinking or you're eating together or something like that and i feel like i that's i that stresses me out and has stressed some of my relationships because i just feel like Every time I show up in your space, I don't want to have to feel like I have to perform, right? I don't want to feel like I have to feed a need that you have. And I think that in this space, I've become comfortable enough that a bitch is here. Like, I'm here, and sometimes that's all you're just getting. It's just me, my presence, and whatever I got to offer that day. But there are people where I just feel like I have to be on. I have to, you know, come up with something real quick. Like, let's do this. or and Or I feel stressed out because, like, if I don't produce an activity or and I don't produce conversation that they're going to want to do something else or find something else. And I think that that is very stressful. And I've like lost friends over that because I'm just like, I see that what I do is not what you want to do and that's fine. But instead of you saying that you just like drifted away. And I think that goes back to like interest that we were talking about that uh, before, but I think dependency codependency is something that is a structure for sure. Man, the fat lady fun, the case is closed, the podcast <laughs> over. Good. That was good. I I could say Jermaine specifically with our my favorite chapter of you and I's friendship when we were in the same physical space was there was a point in time in this summer, I wanna say we argue just about every single day. But there was something about we were just being. There was an entire summer. I don't think we really did anything. We didn't go we to the amusement park. Like we, we didn't were go watching to, TV all summer. Right. We might have the highlights of the summers, but sometimes we made breakfast, and that was a whole thing. We used to skip school and cook breakfast. It was just it was, that was really terrible. We should have went to took our ass to school. We used to skip classes and make breakfast and stuff, but we used to sit in the basement. And just do nothing. Like, literally watch movies. And I felt fine. Like, I was very much so fine. And I think that a a sign of a healthy friendship, in my experience, 
has always been that for me. When I'm able to just sit with the person, we don't got to say nothing and we both good. Like, mm-hmm. we don't feel like we have to overperform in any way. We don't figure out, think that we have to make a, an entire list of plans. Like, literally just being is enough. Right. Yeah, I concur. I concur. Yeah, like, yeah, literally just like, like Jordan said, if we can't just sit on the couch and, like, talk or just not talk, sit in silence, like, that's, that's, that's a red flag. Five sure. Oh, yeah. And I think it brings up a conversation about love languages. You know, a lot of folks think about it in terms of romantic relationship, but also friendship is important as well. And I always tell people all the time, it's like, we need to treat our friendship like we treat our relationship. We spend time trying to get to know our partner and trying, you know, fully investing in them. Um, and I always say, you know, I, I date my friends, you know, I, and not literally dating, but I take a moment to fully, okay, let's go out to eat, Carl, or, you know, Jordan or Jermaine, whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, I would like to do that more often with us, virtual dates, quote unquote. But it's just more so it's like taking that personal time to truly invest in understanding your friendship the same way that you do with your partner. Um, so you did you, send us money last week. I did. For coffee. I did. And and if you want to do that next week, I will oh, never. Oh, it's not in the budget. You, you should. <laughs> But yes, learning each other's love languages is very important, and I think I, I think we all can agree quality time, um, whether that's just sitting in you know in each other's presence and not saying anything is important. Whether it's physical touch, I know I'm a physical touch type of person, so um, I think that's very important in terms of friendship. <clears throat> so thinking about that as well, and I think we talk a lot about. Um, our values, strength, our stressors, or whatever the case may be. But I think we have to talk about accountability because friendship, sometimes you got to hold your people accountable. How would you like to be held accountable? What is your way of like, okay, you're right. I'm, you know, you're holding me accountable. What does that look like for you or you all? Mm. I ask. I ask. I'm like, what have I done? to make you feel this way? Have I made you feel some type of way? You know, how can I be better? What can I do next time? Um, I, I do not like the feeling of feeling uneasy or of somebody like tiptoeing and making me feel like I'm to not making me feel, but like having to not know if I did something to somebody or uh, obviously if I did something intentional, right? Like check the fuck out of me, like, you know, but I think that what bothers me more is the things that like I need to be held accountable for that I didn't know that I did. Like if it's something that I, I know I did and I need to be held accountable for, bring that shit to my doorstep. Knock, 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 bitch, who's there? Like, you know, and I can I, I can take critical thinking and conversations and critical uh, constructive criticism well, so I don't mind just sitting down and having a conversation about that. I think what it is for me is like the situations that I don't know that I did something, so I, I tend to ask, and I like to be held accountable with my actions. So I like to have a conversation about it, say how I'm going to change, and then, you know, we don't ever got to bring it back up, but if I'm still not doing what I said that I would do to change the way I made you feel, then I would like to continue to have a conversation, or, and or whatever it is that I did do in whatever context don't invite me to that place. Don't, you know, I feel like I need like a, either a goal or a repercussion. That's how I like to be held accountable. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, I think that, I think about it less. Okay. I think that I come from another perspective, like, cause you're the person who is, let me just go into it. I like for people to hold me accountable in an empathetic way. Um, And one thing that I do as like with other friends is that I focus on like actually asking the questions like, do you want me to hold you accountable for what you said about this? Like I go into it like, are you in a place to receive what it is that I have to say right now? Um, And I find that to be... (laughs) Um, probably for this one friendship, I'm not going to drop any names, but in regards to their health and their weight and a lot of the promises and things that they say that they want to do about their health, I'll be like, okay, do you want me 
to hold you accountable or do you want me to say what I feel like saying in regards to this? Like, are you in a place to receive it? Um, and I think that what that does, that amount of empathy um, really secures one that a person can receive it. And two, like, I understand that people's like mental health is like all over the place and a lot of things go on in their life. And I want to make sure that I'm not just like blowing dust into the wind um, and three, for them to understand, for them to understand that I'm practicing empathy, but nonetheless, I want to be held accountable if that, if that makes any sense, but it's helpful. Yeah. I think like that word, um, empathetic definitely hit for me. Um, I do, I, I like to be like called in versus like called out. So like if, if there like was like something like, you know, going on, you know, if, depending on like the way that you come at me on the situation has a lot to do with my reply. So like, obviously like, you know, it, extending grace in the way is, it's like how you approach a situation is more or less how you can expect somebody to um, come back at you. So like, if I feel like defensive, like I'm going to defend myself. And in this situation, like if a friend were to come to me with an issue that they have, I would rather not um, be, I would rather not be made to feel like I need to be defensive and being called in um, allows me to take a moment to like readjust and like not, you know, have to feel the need to defend myself. I can open up, like I, I can take that armor off and kind of, I'm able to have a more vulnerable conversation in that manner. Empathy is the word that um, I also will use, and I think it's becoming a, a theme amongst all of our, a lot of our responses. I try to lean on this um, this concept that one of my mentors taught me, a black woman, black woman, shout out to black women. She said that you you have to utilize the um, sandwich mentality. And so when you're making a sandwich, you always have the bread and then you have the meat, well, depending on what type of sandwich you make, but you have the meat and then you, flip, you know, add it onto the bread. And so... A bread is the empathy part. It's the soft part. And then you come in with the heavy, hard-headed meat. Okay, this is what you need to work on. And then you wrap it up with the bread. And so affirming that person afterwards. And I think that's the kind of the way that I would like to be held accountable. But then at other times also, I'm like, just get straight to the meat. Like, ain't no bread. Just let it, you know, tell me how it is. Because I have an issue with passive aggressiveness. If I feel like you're being passive, um, then I'm just going to jump right in and be like, okay, what's the issue? What's going on? So I'd rather a person just let me know how they feel and then we can proceed to move forward. I think one of the things that I need to work on better as a person is just be more so um, listening more and not to respond. So listen to listen and not listening to respond is something that I think Carl kind of pointed out earlier this week we had a conversation about, a conversation in general, but just more so when someone tell me something, just take it in and just let it be and move forward and try to either correct the behavior or um, just be mindful of how you move forward and not just always trying to, like you said, Jermaine said, defending myself. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know you didn't mean this because I know how you typically will approach most situations, but just for our listeners, the, the sandwich method, I think that there's a way in which you can implore empathy throughout that entire process mm-hmm. Even when you're being direct and talking about, what did you say, the meat? The meat. The the meat of the situation. Because I think that there is still a way to be direct and to consider somebody else's perspective, you know? As opposed to the bread, the two pieces of bread being, <laughs> being empty. I mean, the meat is still kind of soft as well. It's just have more substance. Got you. Pun intended. Onions. Onions have layers. <laughs> Tomatoes <laughs> with the cheese on it. <laughs> Are y'all done? <laughs> Go ahead. Um. So I think that that brings us to a good point. Like you know, we're talking about you know how you like to be held accountable, but like let's talk about some times where you weren't a good friend, right? And then you would need to be. Um, you would need to be held accountable. Um, I can go. I can start with an example. Um, I think this was the only time in life that I've ever been a bad friend. Um, <laughs> so anything that y'all have to say about me doesn't count. Um, I'm not taking any. I'm putting your asses on notice. Anyway. Um, so in high school, I had this really um, 
interesting situation where, you know, there was, uh, we're messing with the same man, not me, but two of my friends, you know, and it came down to the point where, like, I had to figure out what I was going to do. I was stuck in the middle, and um, it ended up turning out that I had to make a decision to say to one of them about the other one, and it kind of just went left from there. And instead of, you know, doing that and then, you know, letting the other person know that I I had said something to somebody, I just kind of let it go. And then you... uh, they like disappeared and things like that. And then they came back and they were like, you really hurt my feelings. Like, you know, whatever I did in the situation was, you know, whatever I did, but I did not expect for you to, you know, involve yourself into the situation and let alone like blow up my spot in front of the whole uh, school. So I definitely feel like I think about that all the time. And I really, for me, um, I think that I always think about, you know, when we talk about like how we're talking about Issa and Molly, it for me in that context, I always think about how like there was a better way to do it, right? Like I didn't need to do it during school hours. Like when Issa was, uh, when Molly was arguing with Issa at the festival, I feel like she could have pulled her aside later after and said that to her. And I always think about like, you know, sometimes it's not best to check your friends <laughs> in public and or in a space where it's it might not seem too public because you're the only people around, but people are actually listening and paying attention. Um, and I really learned from that. And like I I think about like, OK, well, where can I find, you know, how people do that? And like as much as I hate the green eye bandits, they are 10 toes for each other and they check each other off camera. And then they come back on camera and they're ten toes. No matter what Giselle does, Robin's right next to her, eating her ass. Um, so, and that's why loyalty is toxic. Thank it, you. Right, Very but I want to find the happy medium. Yeah. Yes. Is this y'all Potomac girls? <laughs> so my my okay. thing, it, Jordan, are you are you complete? Yeah, I'm done. Vibes. Um. So my thing is, I am very quick at the mouth like if something is going on and i lose the filter that i i you know cycle a lot of my things through i can quickly say something that can hit very below the belt and just be really like not cool and then like i say it and i'm like and then i'll be like i said it now what you know and like not give a fuck that i just like low-key really 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 hurt somebody's feelings and i think the one time that um that like it really when I realize that like I'm I'm good for this like the most is the beginning of senior year right when when me and Rasheed started dating, um six snicker and niggers y'all know what I'm talking about and we was having a conversation about it and I said something to one of my closest friends Ababa and it like it was it was below the the belt type shit and like and she like didn't like it so I was like yeah. Does anyone know what he's talking about? So, like, the the six snickering niggers are, like, my, my niggas from um, undergrad, Rashid, Ababa, Tiana, Gabby, Kamiya. Oh, no, that's right. Okay. The hard R? Yes, with the hard R. <laughs> you had to be there. I'm sorry. You just had to be there. Um, okay. So, I said I said that, and as soon as it came out of my mouth and she reacted how she did, I, it, like, that was the moment I was like, fuck. I really should not have said that. And that was, like, the last time that um that I, I let myself go there like not nowadays like i i really try to keep that filter on because i know that my words can like cut somebody very deep and if it's somebody i care about i would rather not do that yeah Cause that is really something profound to be able to acknowledge and hold yourself accountable for it really is um i think that that initially that question um, I think about it like I don't hold my friends to perfection um, and nor do I expect anybody else to hold me to that so I think about when I wasn't a good friend more so being like when there wasn't a discussion like there wasn't an apology there wasn't a come to Jesus moment and I can think about one time like superseding them all um and i'm not gonna drop any days but it's a mutual friend of me and uh, jermaine and i and or it was a mutual friend of jermaine and i and i didn't start a rumor 
and I didn't. Um, it actually is something that came from a truth, but I did continue something that was being said about one of my friends that they didn't exactly say. And we never had a discussion about it. They knew that I was one of the individuals who were continuing that. Um, I'm going to say rumor for lack of better words, but um, they knew that I was one of the people that were con continuing that rumor. And again, we, I never actually came to this individual like, you know, this is something that I continued and this isn't something that you confirm. That is wrong with me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that if I had done that, this probably wouldn't have been my example because I do think that like, we should give our friends grace um, and especially if they're able to like hold themselves accountable and apologize for their wrongdoing, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that's something that's important. But yeah, in that moment, I was not proud of the decisions in which I made, but that was in high school. Fortunately, by the grace of God, we have now matured to where we are today. Yeah. And I think, I'm glad that you said maturity because I think that goes back to me and my example of not being a good friend. And I really, I really always acknowledge my line brothers, um, Cameron and Donovan, as we are a proud member, financially active member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, the first and the finest and the only best. Um, I think I was going with all that. But yes, my line brothers, I, I will say because they are older than me. Um, 27, 28, no, 28, 29. And when we crossed, when we were together, I was also, I was the young, I was the baby on my line. And I was very immature for my age, uh, very immature. And I think that played out in our friendship. And I would say with amongst that friendship, amongst our line, it, that's when I really experienced unconditional love outside of my parents um, in terms of our friendship, but in terms of friendship as well, because I will say they have shown me unconditional love because I was very immature and our friend, I was very stubborn. Um, I wanted to do what I wanted. I was very individualistic at times. And now looking back, I always say, wow, well, I was not really a good friend. But I mean, it comes through maturity, that comes through life, growing up experiences, or just even experiencing other individuals who I look at and be like, wow, that was me a couple of years ago. And so maturity is definitely something that I lacked when I was younger. Um, not to say I'm better now, but it still comes with growth. It still comes with what Carl said earlier, grace, and just extending grace not only to yourself, but also to friend, um, your friends as well. And so shout out to my line brothers. Um, and even you all, too, show me unconditional love in terms of friendship as well. My love has conditions now. <laughs> but I love you, though. But it. I, of, course, of course, I'm not going to cross. I mean, there's a, there's a line that I wouldn't cross. But, I mean, it's just petty. You know, small, petty stuff. But Yeah. I got you. Vibes. So, as we wrap up, what is one thing that you think you can do better to contribute to this friend group? Mm. So everybody thinks that they're perfect. <laughs> not that, not that. I'm trying to um, dig in on one. I'm trying to find one. So I, let me think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think I can go right since I answered the question. I think that to for me, I think that I'm not as active as I should be. I think that sometimes I'm not as present in the conversations. Um how I would want to be or how I should be. And I think that sometimes I'm just kind of like, I feel like I need to, you know, show more of me. I feel like I don't know. I feel like I don't express a lot of me until like something, a very specific topic comes up and you're like, Hmm, I'm learning a lot. I feel like a lot of people say that about me. Um, and I think a couple of people said in Chicago, like I'm learning a lot of interesting things about you. And I think that I think I have to be a little bit more open, um, and and total rather than coming out in bits and pieces um, and I think that would be helpful for people to understand what I want and you know my needs and how they can be met I think I can um, be something jo Jordan actually that you mentioned that you have an issue with is something that I eventually want to have an issue with is like uncomfortability I can sit and uncomfortability for weeks, years, and silent treatment, and et cetera, et cetera. But like, I want to be better at um, 
having discussions when I know a discussion is needed to be had. That was not right, but we're going to go with it. (laughs) I would say for me, working on my communication and how I come off, I mean, I can kind of go back to what Carl said earlier about um, evaluating or othering a person because of their opinion. And I think me being a strong-minded individual, I tend to, so let's say Carl says something, and I'm like, no, we shouldn't do that because it boom, boom, boom. And I always feel the need to um, provide my unsolicited uh, advice. <laughs> and so uh, in terms of our friend group, I sometimes just want to just take it in for what it is, allow a person to express how they feel, and just leave it at that. And I always feel the need to comment, critique, um, be critical about their response or their answer or their comment. Um, I would say that I would like like to just be more um, more free willing, just like overall, just kind of have like more of a looser um, hmm. have like looser a loose, what? Uh, booty hole? No, um, <laughs> no, like just like be like less um, staunch in like when it comes to like time or like keeping schedules or like making sure that like certain things get done, just kind of like loosening my um, demeanor to allow for, uh, yeah, change. I don't know. Does that make sense? Is, is that reading? I, 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 yeah, I, I definitely understand what um, you mean. I do. I think, I mean, to, to give an example, I think that, um, you know, I'm taking what's in your mind, like, especially when we were supposed to go to the drag show, you're like, all right, we got to be there at 7.15. We got to get on the bus. We got to, and I feel like you're a very like boom, boom, boom type of person. So sometimes I think that you may, from what I'm, I'm trying to understand, you may struggle with when things go off schedule and how to mm-hmm. reel other people in when you're not the only person um, that you have to account for. If I'm getting what you're saying, right? That part, yeah. For and sure. it's like, is it like being flexible? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm flexible. Okay, flexible. Ooh, <laughs> but but your legs. Never mind. Never mind. Ooh, anyway. <laughs> and that little crack, y'all. That was not something I made with the sound of my voice. That was definitely these bones. Oh my goodness. Well. <laughs> Well, thank y'all for allowing to, us to, again, fulfill all your desires and your ghetto fantasies. <laughs> uh, the cabaret show has ended, uh, but thank you for tuning into this conversation at times that might have been uncomfortable for some of us, um, but also for some listeners. I think that uh, every once in a while you need to recalibrate your friendships, and I think that you need to reset expectations, figure out how you can be better for each other. Um, but also just kind of get to know each other more, um, especially those who have met in the virtual environment um, and mm-hmm. continue to foster those relationships. But for now, this is all we have for you today. So uh, please interact with us on all of our socials, um, whether it's on Instagram or if you want to email us, feel free to do that as well. Um, but for now, we are out and we can't wait for you to listen to what else we have in the store. <laughs>